And I thank you, God, that we have all been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue on teaching on the heart. And let's see what God has to add unto what we have already been learning concerning the heart. The last time we were together... I went basically over what we went over before, but I added a little bit more to it. And I'm going to start tonight dealing with Hebrews, the third chapter, verses 7 through verse 11. Hebrews, the third chapter, verses 7 through verse 11. So far, we have learned that we can have a hardened heart through being more sensitive to the things of the world than we are to the things of God. So the more you focus on the world, the more you're going to be more sensitive to what the world is doing instead of what God is doing in us and through us. So what we have to do to get our heart the way it needs to be, our focus has to be on the word of God and what he's saying and what he's doing. So when our heart is in um, a state of being hardened, we cannot see, perceive, or understand what God is saying to us. Even with God talking to us, even with God revealing it to us, we cannot receive it because of a hardened heart. Because our heart is callous, it's hard, it's insensitive unto God. It's more sensitive to the things of the world. So the things that you watch... The things that you watch most, the things that you pay attention, the things that you're hearing all the time, what's happening is the enemy knows those are the things that you're going to be drawn to. And I can tell you, in these times during this pandemic, we got people turning against each other because of what one choose to do and what the other one choose not to do. Everybody has a choice of what they do and how they do it. And we don't hate people because of what they do or how they do it. That's their choice. But the big picture, dealing with everything that the enemy don't want people to see, he want people to fight over presidents. He want people to fight over who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated. Because what he's trying to do is not have the body of Christ focusing on the Great Commission, what God would have for us to do. We want to make sure everybody's in the right place that when Jesus do come or if something happened before Jesus do come, we need to know where we're going to be. And the enemy is taking people's minds off of that by trying to justify why they took the shot or why they didn't take the shot. And this is what people need to tell people when they asked about the shot. How does that benefit you? People need to quit because everybody have their own way of doing and how they do things. But we don't turn against people because of what they do or how they do it. We are out here as Christians to get the good news out, to let people know what God is saying. Why? Because God was letting me know today, even the ones that's dying early, and they say due to the pandemic. The thing is, where, where are they going to be when they lift up their eyes? And what God is doing, he want to make sure everybody is connected to his kingdom. 
So when it's time for God to bring back this new heaven and this new earth, the ones that have shut their eyes early, when they do rise up, they'll rise up in this new kingdom. And God want us to be more concerned with people that don't know him instead of being concerned with what people are doing. And people are so blinded that they're putting more faith in trying to do something to keep them alive instead of trusting God who gives you eternal life. That's where people are blinded at. We get, we spending too much time wasting time debating on what we did and why we did it. No, the important thing is where are you going to be when your life is over? Whether it's taken early or whether you raptured up, you have to know where you're going to be when you look up. And that's what we need to tell people when they come to you and say, have you taken your shot? Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about something outside of debating over these different things. Because as long as we're in the world, we have to know that we're not of the world and we don't fight against each other. Everybody has a choice, but at the end of the day, we have to know who we really put our trust in. So if your heart is hardened towards the things of the world, you're going to put your trust in what the world is doing. But if your heart is sensitive towards God, it don't matter what the world does, you're going to stand on what you believe. And nobody will be able to change your mind just because they say this is happening and that is happening. You have to stand on what God is saying outside of what it looked like, outside of what people are saying, because we're spiritual beings and we live according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. It reminds me of this movie um, me and my husband was watching. In this movie, it was some scientists um, and a girl that had a PhD, and they were looking at the the stars, I believe the comet, and they saw how the comet was going to come to Earth, and the Earth was going to um, be devastated. It was just going to take everybody out. So they was trying to get to the president, to let the president know this is what's going to happen. So they contacted NASA and they told NASA this is what we're seeing. So NASA was uh, getting the same calculation they were getting. So when they got to the president, the president had them waiting and wondering. The president was doing things outside of doing what the president needed to do. They were getting very angry because they knew they didn't have but a little time left to get prepared to try to save the earth. Nobody would listen to them. They were saying, don't look up, look down. Don't look up, look down. So they kept saying, look down. So it got to the point that they were gathering the people together and they were fighting against one another because some was looking up and some was looking down. Now at the end of the day, it looked like the ones that was looking down was winning. Because they were looking at the people that were saying, this is not going to happen. This is what we're going to do. So they kept looking down and they were in a meeting together. And the whole thing was, look down, look down. But one of the men that was in the meeting, and this is the funny part, he happened to look up at the sky and he saw the comet coming, getting ready to blow up the whole earth. And he said, they lied to us. They lied to us because they kept believing 
what was not true. And guess what? The earth blew up. So what am I saying? It's just like we have to continue to look up. Regardless of what man is saying, we have to look to God. Regardless of what we see, we have to look to what God is saying. Because if we don't look to him, we would miss what God would want us to have and what God has already provided for us. That's a hardened heart. A person with a hardened heart, the next thing I'm going to is stubborn. They go into rebellion. They begin to reject God. They're not hearing what God is saying. They're taking in more to what man is saying. And I believe we went over Hebrews 3, 7, verses 7 through verses 11, when it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if you would hear his voice. See, you got to be able to hear God's voice in a time such as this. The enemy does not want us to hear God's voice. Why? Because he don't want us to be prepared for what's yet to come. So you have to take the time to hear him. How do you hear him? According to the word of God. Everything that's in the word of God helps us to hear what God has to say for such a time as this. He said, if you would hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So he's saying this because we can hear God's voice and we can hear God telling us not to do something that he know is not going to benefit us. And we ignore God. We don't pay God any attention because we're thinking we know more than God. So your heart become hardened when you when you are rebelling against what God is saying. The thing is what God does because he loves us so much. Miss Deborah might be rebelling. And God knows she's rebelling, but God loves her so much, he don't want her to stay in the rebellion. She hear what he's saying, but she is not obeying what he's saying. So let's say that the Lord sent Quana to Sister Deborah and say, "Um, Sister Deborah, the Lord is sending me to you to let you know this. See, he loved her so much, he didn't only speak to her. He spoke to somebody else to help her to know, don't go that way. If you go that way, it's not going to be good for you nor your family. How many know that the enemy not only will wipe you out, but he'll wipe your family out with you? Because that's why a husband and wife are one. If my husband mess up and I'm in the house with him, I'm partaking of his mess up. Especially when I know what he's doing is not right. I can't stand for that in the house. I have to let him know I love you. But I love God more and I can't go along with that. But if I'm going along with what he's doing is wrong, he's not only affecting himself, he's affecting me. And if we had children in the house still, he's affecting the children. So the whole house is getting wiped out because that one person has hardened their heart against God. And the enemy know if I can get my foot, if I can just get a foothold in there. If I can just get somebody to hear me in that house, I can mess up that whole house. That's why the Bible tells us where strife is, there's confusion. And what does it say? Every evil work. So when we open the door and when we're in strife with each other, you open in the door to every evil work. That's why it has to be somebody in that house, just like Abraham, to say, you know what? We're brethren. 
We shouldn't be acting this way. If you go this way, I'll go that way. But we come to an agreement where we can close that door where the enemy won't come in. But a stubborn person is not only stubborn, they're full of pride, they're full of rebellion. A person will know what they're saying is wrong, but they still won't come down because they're thinking they're going to be made a fool of. You're already a fool and you just don't see it. So people have to understand, you have to humble yourself before God and say, God, I really don't know. God, I, I really don't know. I messed up. Just, just say, I messed up. I was wrong. I shouldn't have said what I said. So that door can be closed. So he said, harden not your heart. As in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, tested me, and saw my works for 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. The enemy know when you rebel against God, even though God has given us everything that we need in him. When we rebel against him, we're not entering into his rest. We're not entering into his promises because we're thinking that we know more than God. So now we're in rebellion. So we open the door to other things. Now in 1 Samuel 15, 21, we went over this one through verse 23. Y'all know Saul, when God told Saul what to do, he told him to literally take out all the Amalekites. He said, I want you to take all of them out. I don't want you to leave not one alive. That was what God told him. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord their God in, in, Gigab, in Gigal. So what happened was they thought they were doing a service to God. Well, we got the best of the sheep. We got the best of the oxen. You know, we're going to sacrifice them unto God. But God's response was, and Samuel said, Have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, to hearken than the fat of rams. So what God was telling him is, everything you gave me don't mean anything because you were not obedient to me. That's when a person's heart becomes so hardened when they're rebelling against God and not hearing what God has to say. When a person is giving you what you know is right and you refuse to take what they're giving you because you feel like if you do, you're going to look a certain way, then you, your heart is hard towards God. You're more sensitive to the things of the world and what does the world represent sin. So you're more sensitive to sin than you are to God. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. When you rebel, you bring witchcraft in your home. And stubbornness is an iniquity and idolatry. Because thou has rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. So God said, how can I put you in the place of a king when you're not obeying what I'm telling you to do? So God rejected him. Then so that's what the enemy want. He want us to feel rejected, even though God has accepted us in the beloved. He want us to rebel against God because when we're rebelling against him, we're feeling that, that we're not accepted because we're going into sin. 
And I went over um, 2 Chronicles 12, 11. That was when um, Rehoboam, he um, didn't prepare his heart before the Lord, and he did evil. Now I want to talk about, the next thing I want to talk about, um, you can write these scriptures down. I'll be coming out of Matthew, the 17th chapter, verses 14 through 21. Matthew 17, verses 14 through 21. Then I'll go to Mark, the ninth chapter, verse 17 through 29. And what I'm going to add in this teaching is to let you know that unbelief will harden your heart towards God. When you don't believe God, that means your heart is hardened towards God. In these verse of scriptures, this is what was happening in verse 14 in Matthew 17, beginning at verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic a sore vex, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Now, this man knew that Jesus had followers. He had learners of Christ. So he knew if I bring them to the disciples, they should be able to do exactly what Jesus done. All of us supposed to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be followers of Jesus Christ. And if we're followers of him, we're taught by him. And we're taught the word of God, so we're going to do what the word of God tell us to do. And we're not going to go outside of the word of God. So people will come to you because they know your lifestyle. They know who you've been around and your reputation, it it lets them know, okay, they've been around Jesus. I can come to them. I can come to them and they can lay hands on me and I shall recover. They can um, speak a word in my life and then, you know, the joy will spring up in my life. So they know through your lifestyle. But when they brought this, this boy to those disciples, the father said they couldn't cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. He was talking to his followers. What is faithless? That means faithless is without faith in God. During this time, during this pandemic, we as Christians do not supposed to be faithless. Because God has given all of us the same measure of faith. But your faith look like it gets greater and bigger than someone else's based on how you react in different situations that's going on in your life. So Jesus was letting them know you without faith. He said you perverse, meaning corrupt, wicked. You done turned aside. So Jesus was getting to the point of you done turned away from me. Because they should have known that regardless of what they were seeing with this boy see what happened was those disciples when the boy was brought to them they were seeing him act in a way that turned them away from what they believed and they focused on how that boy was acting see if they never saw the boy if the boy never acted up then their faith would have been bigger than what it was but because they saw that boy cutting up waddling all over the place then they paid more attention to the symptoms than they were focused on what Jesus had already done. 
How many of us, we do the same thing. And when we do that, that's unbelief. That's what it's called, unbelief. And when you look at unbelief, it's a weakness of faith. So the enemy wants things to manifest in our life so our faith would be weak. It's not that we don't have faith because God has given all of us the same measure of faith, but it's how you use the faith that you have. So then he told them there was faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. So Jesus, he rebuked the devil. It departed out of him and the child was cured from that hour. Now, after Jesus done all this, now his disciples, they came to Jesus and they said, well, why couldn't we cast him out? Then Jesus said, because of your unbelief. He never said because of your lack of faith. He knew they had faith to do it because they walked with Jesus. Jesus had given them power. He said, behold, I give unto you power. I give unto you this authority to heal the sick, to cast out devils. He said, freely I have given you, freely you give. They had what they needed to do it. But by them looking at the manifestation of what was going on in front of them, they did not operate on what they believed. They operated on what they saw. Their heart became hardened to what they saw than more sensitive to what God has already done. Come on, how many of us in this room have been in that situation? As long as we don't see what's in front of us, we can speak a word. But then soon as something manifests, we're like, oh God, it ain't going to work. The blood of Jesus never loses its power. Regardless of what we see, God stays the same. Jesus was not moved by this boy, by this spirit that was in this boy doing what he was doing. Jesus was only moved by what God had already said. So when we're more moved by what we see, we are in unbelief. We're not walking by faith. We're walking by sight. So Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith... As a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So what Jesus was telling them is, you don't like faith. You just allowed unbelief to come in and negate what you already had. So if we don't put our trust totally in him, when things come upon this land, we're listening to what they're saying. We're more sensitive to what they're saying than to what the word of God is saying. We have to be so sensitive to God that we're saying, God, we're not denying that these things are here upon the earth. But God, we're more sensitive to what you're saying to us than what man has already said. Our trust have to be totally in God. We cannot put our trust in anything But God, regardless of how it looked, we got to go to God and say, God, how do you want me to handle this situation? God, what do you want me to do in the midst of this situation? Now, in Mark, the ninth chapter is telling the same thing, dealing with what was happening um, to the man's son. But this is what God said, Jesus said in Mark Chapter 9, let's look at verse 19. This is the same thing he said. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? So we know that's without faith in God. When you look at faithless, 
is without faith in God, meaning our faith is not in God. Our faith is in what we see. So we see that the father in verse 21, and he asked the father, how long have he been like this? The father answered Jesus. But this is what the father said in 22. And oftentimes it have cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now listen what the man said. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. You can believe and have unbelief at the same time. But you cannot allow that unbelief to stop you from believing what God said. So you can have faith and unbelief at the same time. You can have fear and faith at the same time. But you got to choose which one you're going to serve. Because it's going to come. You have to remind yourself who you are now that you're in him. So Jesus let him know, only but be not afraid. He said what? Only believe. No, that's another scripture. But the man was saying, I believe, help my unbelief. So we know what Jesus did. He, he cured the boy of what he had. But he began to tell them what was stopping them was their unbelief. Unbelief will stop you from getting what God has provided. Now I'll give you an example. If we go to God and we begin to seek God for something and we're waiting, we're waiting, we're patiently waiting on what we have um, sought God for. And all of a sudden we begin to question God. Okay, God, why, why is this not done? We have, why is this not done? We are going into unbelief. So that means that we're being more sensitive to what we're going through than we're sensitive to the things of God. When we truly trust God, we're not denying that those things are in our lives. But what we're doing, we begin to thank God. God, even though I'm going through in my body, God, you're still a healer. God, even though my bills are piling up, God, you're still a provider. You're recognizing what's before you, but you're not doubting God and questioning God. Anytime we question God, we go into unbelief. And guess what unbelief does? It stops the manifestation of what God want to do in our life and bring it naturally. So anytime you question God, now you can go to God and say, God, I do believe you, but help my unbelief because it's unbelief here stopping me from getting what you have already provided. Show me what's in my life. Show me what's hindering me. Show me what's stopping me from getting what you have provided. See, that's not questioning God. You're saying, show me what's hindering me. So some of us, we question God more than we trust God. You have to say, God, you're still God. If I don't do anything else, you're not going to change. So God, help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief so we can have unbelief and faith at the same time. But we don't let that unbelief wipe out what we believe. We get rid of unbelief and we'll, we'll say, no, unbelief, I, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I choose to believe what God is saying. And we have to keep on using the word of God outside of how we feel. Now, I want you to look at, go to Mark, the fifth chapter, verses 35 through 36. 
Mark, the fifth chapter, verses 35 through 36. This is when, y'all know Jairus went to Jesus about his daughter. And while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, which said, thy daughter is dead. Can you imagine? You went to get Jesus. Jesus was coming to the house with you because you knew that he could heal your daughter. But as they were going to the house, he's going to get a report and say, don't bother the master any longer. Your daughter is dead. And then this is what Jesus said. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid. You see how he was letting them know fear is going to come. But don't you be afraid. He said, only believe. See, that's what we have to do. Fear will come. To try to wipe out what we believe. But we have to remember what Jesus said. He said be not afraid. Only believe it. The minute Jesus heard the bad news. He did not let that news stop him. From believing in what God has already done. So you can have unbelief and faith at the same time. But you cannot allow that unbelief. To knock out what you believe. You have to stand on what God is saying, regardless of what's staring you in the face. You have to say, nope, that's not what God said. Mm -mm, Think so. God, that's not what you promised. God, that's not what you said you were going to do. God, you are God and not man that you should lie. God, I have to stand on your word. You building your faith up in him and not in what you see happening around you. So we can have unbelief. And faith at the same time. But if we don't get rid of that unbelief. Our hearts become hardened unto that unbelief. And we become more sensitive to what's going on in our bodies. We become more sensitive to what's going on around us. We become more sensitive to what our employer is saying. We become more sensitive to what we see. But when we recognize who we are now that we in him, we don't neglect what we see, but we don't accept what we're seeing. That's what Jesus is saying. So unbelief can harden your heart. And the thing that you talk about the most is what you have come to believe. Because outside of all of us, whether we believe or not, God is not going to change. Whether I believe or you believe, God's words stay the same because he's not man. Man didn't create everything. God did. God knows how everything works. So why wouldn't we go to God before we go to man? Because we're more subject to man. And the Bible said the fear of man brings a snare. It brings a trap. At the end of the day, when everything passes away, the word is going to remain. The word is going to stand. So we have to take the word for what it is. And I can assure you, when you truly are standing on the word of God, the fire gets turned up twice as hot. Seem like everything is coming at you back to back. Seem like the warfare is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's when you begin to rise up even the more. That's when you begin to say, that's not what God said. This is what God said. And we have to stand on what God is saying. Look at James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. And James was encouraging those that were scattered 
over everywhere and they were going through persecution. They were going through tribulations. And that's when he said the trying of your faith brings, brings patience. But in verse 5 he says, but if any of you needs, likes wisdom, you should ask God for it. He is generous to everyone and will give you wisdom without criticizing you, without fault finding. But when you ask God, you must believe, ask with faith and not doubt. Anyone who doubts is like the wave in the sea, blown up and down, driven and tossed by the wind. For such doubters are thinking two different things at the same time. That means they're double-minded, meaning a double-minded man will not receive anything from God. And they cannot decide about anything they do. They are unstable in all they do. They should not think, expect they will receive anything from the Lord. So the enemy wants us to have two minds. A person that's double-minded has two minds. We should, we have the mind of Christ. So our mind should always be on things above. So when we go into trials, when things are hitting us, we have to look to God. We can't be double-minded. We can't be like a windshield wiper. We can't be tossed to and fro. One minute we believe in God. The next minute it looked like it's not working. The next minute we're saying, God, why haven't you done it? The problem is he's already done it. But the problem with us is just because we don't see it naturally, we figure it's not done. Just because you have pain in your body, you figure God ain't healed you. God has already healed you. But the manifestation is going to come when our mind is set more on what he's already done. And we're going about our business and not trying to check to see if it's done. So that means you unstable. When you go to God, you got to believe that he is. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. Those that go to him must believe that he is, that he exists. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the more we begin to seek him, the more we begin to say, okay, God, I don't know what to do about this. So I need your help. That means that we're calling on him. We're trusting in him. We're relying in him. God, I don't want to be double-minded. If this is what you said, God, this is what you're going to do. I can't go on how I feel. God, you have already done everything. Just because I don't see it don't mean that it's not done. God, I thank you for the manifestation. And you go on. Sometimes your body act like it ain't had no manifestation. But you know that God don't lie. You know, if God say you already healed, you were healed before the pain came. So your focus got to be more on him than what you're going through. The more we take our medicine, which is the word of God, that's what our body get used to. But if we keep telling the body you're healed and then telling the body you sick, the body is confused because we're being double-minded. We have to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So we can't be double-minded. So unbelief comes through a hardened heart because we are more sensitive to what we're seeing around us than we are the things of God. So God wants us as Christians to not be unstable in all our ways. Either we're going to believe God or we're not. And just because it has not manifested in the natural, that does not mean we don't already have it. Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen, 
but yet still believe. See, I don't have to feel it to know God's already done it. I don't have to see my bills paid in the natural to know that God has already paid them. Because if he told me that I have supplied all of your needs according to my riches and glory, all my needs is already supplied, even though it look in the natural like they're not supplied. If God said he'd done it, he's already done it. And when I really grab hold to it, I'm going to begin to see it. And then it's going to begin to manifest itself. So everything we need, we already have it in the spirit. But in order to get it over here in the natural, get the super to the natural, we cannot have unbelief. We have to believe what God is saying outside of how we feel. So we're, we have learned so far that a hardened heart can come through unbelief. A hardened heart can come through rebellion. It can come through stubbornness. So all of these things, we have to check ourselves and say, God, am I rebellious? If you're not obeying his word, yes, you are. God, am I stubborn? If you're rebellious, you're stubborn. Because if God is sending people to you and telling you what he's saying and you still rebelling against him, yes, you, you, you're rebelling, you're stubborn, and then you're prideful. Because you think you know more than God. That's what the enemy want. He do not want us to receive life from the word of God. So we have to make sure that our hearts are open. We have to make sure that our hearts are more sensitive to what God has to say than how we feel. It's not about us. It's all about him. No matter what's going on around you, what did God say? And that's what you go on. Even when, you know, sometime, I don't know about you, I could be going through, but I can still be teaching you. You know why? Because I have to trust God. God, even though I'm going through, that don't change who you are. That don't change the message that I'm bringing to your people because you still are not a God that you should lie. It's not about me. God, I'm coming in your name. God, I'm coming in your name and not mine. So it's not about how I feel. The truth is the truth outside of me. Because if God looked at me, everybody would be dead. <laughs> I don't know about you. Everybody would be dead because he know I'm going to mess up every now and then. But he paid the price for past, present, and future sins. He said, I don't pay the price for it all. So I'm looking to my son. I'm not looking to you. The only thing I need for you to do is believe in what he's already done and present it into my people and know that I'm God all by myself. So we need to deal with our hardened hearts because if we don't deal with this hardened heart when God is speaking to us we're so sensitive and selfish because when we always make it about us we have gone into being selfish because it's not about us it's all about him God reminded me today everybody has a way y'all of expressing themselves people express themselves based on how they feel and based on what they know. We don't get mad at people because they express themselves. But what we do is we give them the truth according to what they're saying. But people literally get mad when people don't believe what they believe. Why should we get mad? We should just give them the word of life. We don't force feed nobody. Jesus never through this word, force fed anybody. He just said what the father said and he did what the father done. But these days and times, if people don't take what we're giving them, we get mad, we get prideful. Well, do it yourself then. I ain't telling you nothing. 
How's that helping anyone? So everybody has their own opinions. But if those opinions do not line up with what you believe, you don't have to accept it. Just say, you know what? I appreciate you giving me your opinion, but I'm going on what God is saying. That's it. And if they get mad, hey, they just get mad. That's what you believe. And if you're giving them what God is saying and they still choose to believe what they believe, hey, let them believe what they want to believe. You done your part. It's not a debate, y'all. But we have to live what we believe. We can't tell a person one thing, y'all, and live in another thing. That's not how God does. We're supposed to love one another in spite of what the other one is doing, but we don't go along with it if it's wrong. That's the only thing. Now, so far with this teaching, can I ask someone, anyone, what have you learned so far? Because we have come a long ways with the heart and heart. Anyone? Did you raise your hand, honey? Okay. Normally I see it coming from over there on that side. But um, nobody has learned anything from the hardened heart. Oh, wow. Lord, all this teaching and nothing. Okay. I'm going to let it go this time. Because I know there's some people in here that have learned something. Dealing with the hardened heart. I know I have. The whole time I've been teaching and I have to say, oh God, thank you for showing me that. Lord, I didn't know unbelief can be in a hardened heart. Lord, I didn't know rebellion can come from a hardened heart. I didn't know that stubbornness can come from a hardened heart. Lord, I didn't know I was in pride when I didn't want to hear what you had to say when you're, you're talking to me. I'm hearing your voice, God, but I'm not obeying what you're saying. I know somebody have gotten something. Okay. Do we have any announcements at this time? And my husband need to see certain people after Bible study. And while he's getting that together and going to call them out, I um, please.